The psychedelic revolution is here. If you want to integrate your visionary experiences into your purpose, get clear on your entrepreneurial path and help people while you do what you love, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur, medicine for these times. I'm your host, Beth Weinstein. I'm a spiritual business coach, three-time entrepreneur, and a lifelong student of psychedelics and sacred plant medicines. You carry your own unique medicine, and your medicine is what we need for these times. This podcast will help you to share your medicine so you can create transformation in the world. Listen in on conversations with psychedelic leaders, change makers, and conscious entrepreneurs who are living proof that a better world is possible when you follow your heart and live in alignment with your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur. Today, I'm really excited to have a former client who just completed the True Path Entrepreneur Group Mastermind Program, Maya. Hi, Maya. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you here. I'm so excited to have the whole world hear your story and hear about your transformational work. So I'll just tell a little bit about your background. So Maya Miller is a trauma consultant and coach, advocate and spiritual mentor with a 25-year career in healthcare. Founder of A. Maya Miller Consulting, Maya supports, guides, and coaches adult women survivors of childhood sexual trauma through her one-on-one program, Trauma to Triumph, in her workshops and in retreat settings. Maya also consults with organizations and companies in creating trauma-informed and trauma-sensitive events. As a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, CSA, and complex trauma, a healthcare leader and spiritual teacher, Maya has done extensive training and integration work in the context of healing from the impacts of trauma, including adverse childhood experience science, neurobiology of trauma, entheogen and psychedelic-assisted therapies, expressive arts therapy, movement-based healing art forms, meditation and visualization practices, sensual healing for CSA survivors, and advanced energy work. Her innovative teachings are based on three core principles, education, creative arts, and spirituality. Maya guides her clients with reverence and compassion, understanding that there is not one pathway to trauma recovery. She brings a trauma-informed care lens to her body of work, as well as the wisdom gained from her lived experience as a CSA survivor. Maya has her master's in healthcare administration is a certified trauma professional, a licensed physical therapist assistant, and an ordained minister. So Maya, wow, your background is so incredible. And I am so excited for people to hear about your story um, because, you know, your personal journey and the work you're doing um, when you came into the True Path Entrepreneur Group Mastermind a year ago, or a little over a year ago, um, I had told you that this actually resonates very much with me because there is sexual um, trauma within my lineage that my mom experienced that has had a pretty profound effect on my life and, of course, the entire family. So your work is very personal to me, and it's also very important. As we know, so many people have been survivors of sexual abuse, sexual trauma, and so on. So... But before we get deeper into the work that you're doing, let's hear your story. Like what even brought you to want to start a business around this? And what was your 
former career path all about? Yeah. Fascinating how, you know, I'm 50, almost 51, and the intersection of everything that I've done has just in the last year all beautifully blended together. So um, my long-term career has been in healthcare. So back in my 20s, I got a degree in pre-physical therapy and really focused on physical therapy as a career choice initially. And I, I went ahead and get, got a degree in becoming a physical therapy assistant with every intention to becoming a PT. And I applied to programs, got into a program, and ended up saying no, and mostly because of the money at the time, and I felt like it was too limiting to where I wanted to go. So I kept my PTA license um, current, and I worked in all different areas for 15 years. So acute hospitals, rehab, uh, nursing homes, and then... About 10 years ago, I shifted into business development. So I kept my license active and then took a chance and started working in business development, marketing. Um, it's called clinical liaison. So like evaluating patients in the ICU for placement in, in different levels of care. Now, at the same time that I had my jobby job life, right, and at this point I was in corporate like executive level positions in the last three years. At the same time, I had a parallel path of healing and spiritual tool sets. So, you know, dance and movement has always been a huge part of my life, all the way going back to my early 20s. So like five rhythms, authentic movement, ecstatic dance, and then... Also, art um, and writing, I went through an expressive arts therapy program 10 years ago. And so I always had these two pathways, but I felt like they were separate, very separate. Like I had one foot in the healing arts field, mostly for my own healing. And then I had my professional pathway. And I was, my dream was to blend them, um, but it just didn't seem clear. And what ended up happening, <laughs> the real turning point in my personal healing journey, which then set the stage for like where I am now, was 11 years ago, I chose sobriety. And it was a long, you know, time coming. I had used substances for 15 years and dipping in and out, you know, but definitely it was a problem. And it was something that for years before I went completely sober, I knew that I had to do this in order to really be a clear channel for what was coming through. So I chose sobriety and within two months, I was sitting in my first ayahuasca ceremony with all women. <laughs> and it was completely remarkable. And that started my journey uh, deeply, deeply healing my trauma and to kind of um, 
be a little bit clearer with that. I always knew something was wrong with my life from a very early age, like around seven, eight, nine, um, I just started feeling like crippling anxiety and feelings of despair, loneliness, depression, anxiety. And I could didn't have words for it. And so, you know, as I grew older, um, some of these emotional states stayed with me. And then there was some real like signpost moments. One of them was that I met my daughter's father when we were only 13 and we started dating and we were together for 20 years. And there were these really just interesting and very different things that occurred in my life. That being one of them where I just questioned um, my relational experiences, like how am I with the same person for 20 years? <laughs> and, um, he was a very peaceful, loving, compassionate, um, what we call a buffering relationship. Um, and, and there was this pervasive toxicity in my life, right? From my family of origin. So there was always this chaos you know, that I couldn't get away from. And what we now know to be called narcissistic abusive framework, right? So there were really dysfunctional, toxic, you know, experiences that I would go through. And then I would have to somehow figure out how to regulate myself. So that's when I did find dance and movement and and therapy, traditional therapy. But, you know, to be really clear, not all of the abuse was, you know, um, conceptualized in my memory. I had some very clear memories, but um, the most traumatic sexual abuse memories actually were recovered through plant work. So when to kind of go back to when I started, you know, sitting with entheogens in ceremonial context, um, it was absolutely like all the pieces to my life's puzzle came together in a cohesive way. You know, years before the most traumatic memory surfaced, I was very well aware that, that there was abuse. I knew that there was, and I could remember verbal, psychological, misogynistic, um, toxic systems. I was aware of that. But when I was able to, you know, those memories, you know, cohesively came together, it was like absolutely understand what happened. And um, so to answer your question, to circle back around, after this occurred 11 years ago, I committed myself fully to this path. And um, within a really short period of time, like the first year after all of this came together, 
I made some like sweeping changes in my life in terms of my family of origin, boundaries, um, with my daughter in terms of who she spends time with and how. Uh, my ex-husband and I are still close and co have co-raised my daughter. And so we were able to uh, become allies in um, how I move forward. And um, my healing just took on a whole different depth. And I had practitioners in my life at the time that were incredible. And so it was just a matter of me like committing fully to trauma recovery. And the sobriety was firmly rooted. And so I was able to like completely be a clear channel for all the healing, neurological healing. So that's when it started. And then I have to say that, you know, it took some, like I would say about four years into this, I started getting the call, you know, to work with other survivors. It was very clear to me that the purpose of some of what I've endured is to create pathways for other people to heal. And so, but again, that was years ago and I didn't know how. I certainly did. I just did not know how this was actually going to come to be. So I dabbled in it and I worked with some people here and there. But again, I had a professional life that I was fully plugged into. And yeah, and then we'll get into the specifics of how I met you. But the prayer was there. I had a very specific prayer. And I would say it was about four years ago, and I had no idea how it was going to happen. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah, this is um, a lot of my clients have come through, you know, through these prayers and through this medicine and through, um, you know, really waking up their soul and realizing that I and I believe this, that on some level, the journeys we've been given in our lives are here for this other reason than, yes, it's for our own healing, our own soul evolution, for our growth and learning and coming into our hearts and opening up our hearts and coming back to our original, you know, essence of love. But at the same time, to also be able to serve, you know, like, how do we give back? And yeah, you know, I always say, look, not everybody is called to help people or called to save the planet, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this. But at the same time, when you've done so much of your own healing journey, it tends to bring you to this place of wanting to help others because you just went through it. Now you've kind of come out to a, a certain point and the reality is we always are healing. And then there's like, okay, well, then how do I give back and how do I help people through what I just went through? Um, but let me ask, like you had done all these trainings, like you have a lot of training and you've done a lot of this, this work Were those trainings originally with the intention of, um, being able to figure out how to put them all together or was it like, Oh, mm -hmm. let me just train. And you know, no, like <laughs> it was always about, I used to tell my daughter, she's almost 20 years old, but every time I did another training, I'd say, baby, this is so I can be a better mom. You know, mm. this is so I can be a more healed person. And so the the 
intention was always to heal. And I, you know, I just had a really clear clarity around wanting a life that had more joy and pleasure and curiosity. And we'll all get into this in a little bit, but when there's trauma, neurobiologically, neurophysiologically, the body does what it does to protect us. And so there's a lot of things that um, are not, you know, accessible. And those things just happen to be pleasure, curiosity, expansive uh, states of mind, um, seeing what's possible. And so I wanted that so much for my life. I wanted to live a different life than what I had seen and what I had experienced in my teens, 20s, 30s. And so this past decade, I would just follow the yeses. You know, there would be an amazing teacher or amazing training. And then I got more and more clear and discerning on what would be for me which is actually part of, all of this is part of my teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I teach discernment. I teach pausing, pacing, titration. Mm-hmm. There were quite a lot of things that I've tried in the last 10 years. I will say that some of it was not trauma sensitive and not trauma informed. And, you know, part of what I tell my clients um, is that I wished I would have had someone like me mm-hmm. 10 years ago just so I could have a template of what to look for, what to ask when I partake in a training, a workshop, a class, anything, right? Even going to the dentist, <laughs> like everything you do in life, you know, to feel empowered as a trauma survivor and to know that it is within your agency and power to look for specific things, to ask for specific things. And so not all of the training that I did, um, you know, I will say some of it caused some harm, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'd have to let, I'd go into a PTSD response and have to regulate myself. So the intention was to heal myself, not necessarily to like do what's, the miraculous things that have happened in the last year. <laughs> I, I didn't know this was coming. I did not. Yeah, no, and I, I love you bring up a, a lot of goodness there. Um, and, and yeah, this is kind of like, to me, a, a larger problem in our society on so many levels where when you do come from so much trauma that you, because I, I actually think I went through this on some level. I never really connected it to my trauma, but it was, it was a very like ancestral trauma on both, both lineages of, um, being raised in a family where I was taught that like life was actually about suffering. Like it wasn't to be enjoyed. It wasn't really to be like appreciated. And I carried that with me so much until I did a lot of this deeper level work where I was like, well, wait a second. I, I've been operating from this like traumatic place of like anxiety and survival, when and scarcity yeah scarcity scarcity Mm -hmm. yeah when when we're actually like our inherent birthright is this this joy which of course is you know like you said it's like if you're living and just trying to 
deal with the basics, then of course it's not accessible. Um, so I love that. And I love that you're teaching this because you're right. Like so many people are really stuck in this trauma response where, um, they're not getting that full experience of what life could be. Um, so this work is really important, but I'm curious, you know, when did you, when did you actually start considering or even just getting like, well, what if I could help people? Like, when was that call <laughs> coming through? Well, it was thrusted upon me. Yay. So I, uh, two years, so I had the most robust job I had, right? Three years ago, I was the VP of business development for a, you know, children's uh, pediatric organization. And my boss and mentor at the time basically told me, you got to go get your master's and we'll fund it. So this was three years ago. So I went and I applied to, got, to get into my master's of healthcare administration program and finished the first year. COVID occurs. And three months later, I get laid off. So I had a year of school left that I now had to pay for. <laughs> I had this like, you know, what I would say the, you know, peak of my career in terms of like abundance and I get laid off. So for the first couple months, I just kind of was in autopilot. I had been in healthcare for 25 years. I thought I'll get a job, you know, this isn't going to be a problem. So um, I applied to jobs. I leaned on all my connections, my networks, nothing. Crickets. So first month, second month, third month. So then I find out about your psychedelic summit. It crosses my path. So I start thinking, I, I watch all your interviews. And then I start thinking, maybe I'll work in the psychedelic space because I have all this experience in healthcare. So I applied to all of, you know, MAPS. I think I applied to like four or five jobs at MAPS. Um, all these different psychedelic companies, had some interviews, didn't get anything. So then I sign up for your free three session workshop. And I was like, it's free. Just do it. <laughs> and... You already know this, but the second session, the exact time and the exact date, it's on my calendar. I remember I was listening to you and it was like you were talking right to me and I just, everything lit up um, and I texted my husband and a couple friends and I said, am I supposed to start my own business? And everyone's like, yes. <laughs> so I signed up for your program. Now, meanwhile... The miraculous like um, layering here is that I was in grad school and I needed to come up with a capstone project topic like right away. I was late in deciding because I didn't have a job and my professor was waiting on me. So I talked to you. I had a consultation with you, decided to sign up for True Path, called my professor the next day and I said, I know this is totally out of the box, but can I write my capstone thesis project on my business? And she just like flipped out with joy and was like, yes, we need this. You know, you have to do it. And that was the green light. 
And so <laughs> a year ago right now, I was in this pressure cooker of like, I kind of spread through your first, you know, several modules mm -hmm. because my thesis was due at the end of March. So everything just lined up and um, it was, I was like being shot out of a cannon. I was like, what the heck? Um, so I wrote my, my paper. It was a giant research undertaking, but basically what it was, was it, you know, it was me presenting childhood sexual abuse as a public health crisis mm. that it is with the research, you know, the, the staggering statistics and, you know, going through the impacts of trauma, specifically sexual trauma, and then going over the neurobiology of trauma in depth, and then going through, I included work that I did in your program the research I did in the paper. And then I went in depth into my recovery pathway that I've created, Trauma to Triumph. And then I was able to include what my program's about and the benefits of it and the impact. You got your graduate degree, right? So. First thing. I first. did. Oh my God. Yeah. I love these stories. Actually, your story is so similar to mine. I had that same thing where after losing a job, I kept applying and applying and applying to all these jobs that I was like used to, right? Like in my comfort zone, oh, I'll just get a new job and the same thing. And it kind of was this like obvious sign from the universe where I'm like, well, wait a second, maybe there's some other, because I, I also knew I wanted to start my, this is my previous business. And I do believe that very often the universe has these other plans in store for us and all the signs, you know, sometimes it takes getting whacked over the head, you know, 15 times to finally say like, maybe I'm here for something else, <laughs> you know? Um, but let's, let's ask, let's get into this because you, um, like, like everybody and like me starting my previous business, um, you went through the ups and downs, right? Like the fears, the doubts, the, the, you know, limiting beliefs. But then you also got, I remember when you got your first client and, you know, you have to remember Maya's doing really deep level work here. You know, this is like you're dealing with people who have sexual trauma. Um, but how did it feel when you were in the depths of the fear and then also in the, you know, like finally working with your first client? You know, what is the, the kind of describe the difference between the two and has it been worth it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And just to back up a little bit. So before I got my first client, you know, without giving away all your secret sauce, um, part of the mastermind program is really investigating your client, right? Who is your client? Interviewing your potential clients. And when I interviewed survivors, it was absolutely tr transformational. Um, I've talked to a lot of survivors through the last decade because I've done a lot of survivor like retreats and incredible things with other women survivors, but doing this particular, um, process, wouldn't you know, after I interviewed, you know, a certain, you know, lot of women, um, there were threads of not only similar themes, but like exact verbiage. And these are women from all over the country. And one woman was in India. 
that I interviewed. So what I did is compiled the information. I still have it. It's on these giant whiteboards <laughs> in my office. But um, my program was born out of that, you know, speaking directly to uh, these women. And so the fears. Um, for me, it was it's been, it still is. I mean, it's a constant confrontation, right? Of like my own pain and like what I've endured and the anguish that like I've experienced in my own life. And then, you know, holding space for these courageous, incredible women and hearing their stories. So it's like, you know, it's a constant kind of balance of like me taking care of myself and regulating, right? So everything I, everything I teach, I do, literally. Every single thing that I teach, I do in my own life every day. And so the fear was absolutely coming out as a survivor on a public, visible level. Absolutely. I, it's been baby steps. But like this program was, you know, my circle of resources, my healed ancestors, like saying it's time. And so there was that fear. And then, you know, the fear of it being sustainable and, you know, unpacking all of those belief systems around having like a predictable, rigid um what we would call conventional living. And so just like unpacking that. So there was just these different areas of fear, not just one area. There, there was a lot. And then also worthiness, you know, am I worthy of doing this? Do I have something to say? Does what I have to teach um, really, is it influential? Like, is it going to be impactful? And so not until I had that first client, you know, and I had a couple clients last summer. One was the actual sign up in my program. Another client was a pre, you know, we did a three month, which I don't do anymore. I only do the nine month, um, experience for many reasons, but, um, I had such a tremendous like response from them and it was like immediate. So I knew that I was on to something and um, it's just gotten more incredible. <laughs> it's just mm. gotten so it's, I feel a lot of the work is, I mean, it's structured, right? I have the structure of the program and which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, but it's also, there's so much room for channeling, like your work, each individual person that you coach, it's like I have to wait for them to inform me about their own ex life and their own lived experience, and then my tool set constantly is metamorphosizing with them. So it's just like, it's just a listening to where they are moment to moment and then showing up for them where they're at. So, mm. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing all this. And I, I love it because you address the reality. You know, the reality is 
Uh, most people that join my program or any business coaching program or anybody who's starting a business at all, and it doesn't even matter what kind of business, we're all going to be faced with these, um, you know, the programming of, well, it was so much easier back when I had something that was secure, even though we all see like what's secure anymore, right? Um, and these, the conditioning, you know, the programming of, of survival, of scarcity, am I going to make it? What if this doesn't work? What if I'm not good enough? What if, um, you know, I need to do 20 more years of training? And it's like, well, you know, there's, there's a point where we have to really just believe in ourselves and believe in our paths and know that there are people out there that need this help. And um, I think, you know, once people start getting their first client, their second client, then it's like, oh, okay, like I can make an impact. And, and even before then, even during, you know, the first process I teach, it really has you get that confidence to realize like, wow, I just connected with all these people that could really use my help and no one's helping them. Maybe it's me. And, and you said something most important is I wish I had someone like me back when I was going through what I went through. I mean, that's how I accidentally became a business coach back when I was, you know, struggling all alone in my first business. Like I didn't even know there was such a thing. And back then there probably wasn't as much as there is now you know, and I remember just I would have easily just hired someone to help me through it because it was so much harder doing it alone. Um, but Maya, let's hear a little bit more about the like the work you do with your clients. Like, why do people come to you? Um, because, you know, and then there's also that like and I say this from my own experience of like, well, there's there's regular old therapy, right? There's like talk therapy and then there's like the depth of the other work. But yeah, why why your work? Like how does it how does it help your clients? Great, great question. And you know, I'm a big fan of all different uh pathways in trauma healing and trauma recovery. And the thing is about what I researched, you know, more in depth last year, and what really struck me is that you know, the trauma care space is absolutely revolutionizing. You know, it's, 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 it's a revolution right now. And part of it is because lived experience is being told. So the shame and the secrecy is being slowly dissolved. And the more that survivors speak, you know, their experiences into existence, then the modalities are shifting with it. So, um, I myself have taken part in all different modalities, right? So somatic work, creative arts, talk, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR. I mean, I've done like everything. And so, but what my program, um, is about is I really combined three core principles and their education, creative arts, and spiritual resources. And it's from direct experience. Um, within those three areas, um, just to unpack it a little bit more, so within education, I empower survivors through trauma-informed care principles, the history of trauma-informed care, which dates back to like, you know, the 70s, um, adverse childhood experience science, neurobiology of trauma, physiological impacts of trauma, right? And education is empowerment. The more survivors learn, 
the objective, evidence-based information about trauma, it has incredible impact on a survivor every time. Now, the second area is creative arts, which, of course, is near and dear to my heart. Um, and that encompasses a lot, creative writing, poetry, dance, movement, all the arts, visual arts, collaging, vision boarding, um, altar creation, sacred space design around where, where survivors live, um, their space around them. And then um, the third component is spiritual tool sets. And that encompasses visualization journeys, meditation, and my real, like, I would say one of the key healing modalities is my energy work practice. So I've got about five years training in this. And so that has to do with armoring patterns that are, you know, created during the traumatic experiences that um, are very much you know, not us. It's not our essence. Our patterns are not our essence. But understanding what those patterns are and how we can work with them. And then um, the energy work that I teach my clients is just something that they can do on a regular basis to self-regulate. Whether it's to prepare for an experience or to you know, as a trauma survivor, oftentimes we get uh, overstimulated and I teach a lot about this hyperarousal, hypoarousal. And so all these tools, including the spiritual energy work, keeps us in a optimal arousal state and also called, you know, choice point. So like throughout your day, you have that space to respond, you know, and so there's those three areas are really um they're the principles and the foundation of everything that I do. And so I would say like, if we want to talk about cognitive behavioral therapy um, and what I do, they're actually beautifully, beautifully blended. Like I have clients that are going to therapists and doing my program and oh my, I mean, that's optimal. Um, and then I have had clients that aren't going to traditional um, therapy and just doing my program. One of my clients is, and you know, uh, I, I have references and, and referrals. Um, I'm really obviously tuned into when I do consultations with my clients before they sign up, and then also when they're in my program. Um, I can recognize the signs, you know, if I feel like someone is having mental health. Uh, challenges, or I think that uh, cognitive behavioral therapy would be beneficial, I would absolutely uh, be recommending those resources. And then I have resource lists for my clients, if that's the case. But, you know, you know this as a coach, we have a lot of freedom, you know, in what we do with our clients. So, for me, um, the Trauma to Triumph journey is nine months, and it is a transformational journey. So I create a container for my clients, a safe container. So this is an experience of them, you know, dissolving shame, emerging into their true self. You know, for some, it's remembering who they are before the trauma occurred, 
Um, if it's recurrent trauma, you know, it's about, again, reclaiming who you are, your essence, and, um, and really kind of remembering agency, like remembering and reclaiming your agency. You know, the essence of trauma is disconnection, right? So what we do together is a co-regulation and a connecting. It's all about understanding what that feels like again, is like a clean connection. And a lot of what I do too is templating, right? So like together with the client, we are templating what it feels like to have clear boundaries, you know, clean energy within ourselves and with others. And, you know, for some of us survivors, we, we, we had such toxic relationships with like the people that were closest to us that that's our template. And so it's hard to, I mean, I, one of my relationships actually was abusive um, later in life. It was like the three years before I chose sobriety. It was the height of the chaos in my life. And, you know, a lot of people out there are going to, this is, this is known. I mean, this isn't like new information, but um, oftentimes if we don't look at these belief systems and really strengthen our own inner resources um, in a safe container, we, we might perpetuate, you know, abusive relationships with other people. It could be friendships, it could be loverships. And so this work is, is really kind of, you know, starting in the core, you know, in again with me as your co-regulator and coach and guide and mentor. So you can now really feel like in a cellular level <laughs> that you're whole and therefore everything changes like what you call in, how you operate in the world, what relationships that you'll stand for <laughs> and what relationships you won't, you know, there's like, you know, malalignment happens, right. When we're not aligned here. So. Oh, wow. This, this work you're doing is so important. Cause I, as you were talking about all of it, cause of course I'm like, I didn't know she went this deep because I don't, you know, through our program, there's so much going on. But um, when you were speaking to this, I'm like, yeah, actually, I remember the first time where I had to be really taught boundaries. And it was through therapy, you know, it was through she wasn't actually a therapist either. She was very much like you. She had multiple trainings. And she was just kind of my counselor, you know, she wasn't like a traditional talk therapist. But you know, doing this kind of work, especially when you've never really been able to practice it in a safe space, it's like life changing, you know, and, and you're right, because because I had never learned certain things, and all the patterns just kept running and running and running, I would end up perpetuating, um, you know, unhealthy family relationships in friendships, like, why do I keep drawing in these friends that remind me of my mom, you know, like, it was happening at a very young age. I started noticing it. And thankfully, I got help from someone very similar to you to actually make these changes. And that is when everything started opening up. So this work you're doing is 
is quite necessary. And I think, you know, there, and I agree with you, there is no one right path and everybody has their own ways. And I think, you know, working with a specialist like you in conjunction with some other modality, like a, you know, different form of therapy you know, or, or whatever it is, whatever works for you, um, is where, you know, a lot of profound change can take place. Like for me, you know, working with plant medicines, having a daily practice, you know, like a Buddhist practice, my daily meditation, and, you know, kind of the deep level form of somatic therapy. It's like, that's when things really started to change in my life. Because like you said, those patterns, you know, those, those energy patterns and these trauma patterns, they can just, they can show up in all the realms, including business, including career, including, you know, love and, you know, children and friendships. And this is the work, like to me, this is kind of the the work that our whole world needs to be doing on some level, because this is this is one area none of us were ever taught as children. And it is the one thing in our traditional educational system. I'm like, oh my God, if we could all just learn this, but you no, know, no one's really teaching it until you get to this breaking point where you're like, okay, I need help because I'm sick of living in these patterns or why did these patterns keep repeating themselves or why do I keep ending up in relationships that are not healthy or whatever it is. Um, so I love, I love this. And, um, well, let's talk a little bit more about, I'm curious, you know, I've been asking some people when you are inside of the mastermind program, I'm curious how, other aspects of your life were affected because the reality is when you're stepping into this truer version of yourself, you're also doing deeper level healing of yourself. Like it's kind of is a healing journey, whether we want to call it that or not. Um, and then other things in your life start to shift. I'm curious, like what other shifts did you have that had nothing to do with clients and no nothing to do with your business? Like, did you notice other areas start to change in you? Oh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think relationally, um, just like where my daughter and I's relationship has gone, um, we've always been very close and, you know, generational healing is part of the work that I do with clients, um, based on my daughter and I and how we've navigated through this and the trauma stops with me, you know, mantra basically. And, but, you know, my partner of 11 years just had the best professional year of his life, you know, last year. So, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, you know, of course, you know, navigating all of that, there's just been clear, you know, alignment. I'll just say alignment, you know, in areas all around me. So that's what I noticed. I, I also... You know, this master, the mastermind program just takes commitment. You know, it's a commitment to myself. And I noticed that last year it was a level of honoring myself that I've never, I've never done that before, you know, in my whole life. And so bringing forth or birthing your purpose path, you know, that's what it takes. It's, it's like loving yourself enough and loving yourself in a different way to trust that this is, 
this is okay to bring forth and like bring through you, you. And that, that was a, that's been a journey. I mean, I actually felt in the last like three months, um, I'm finally, I've finally reached a new level of belief that this is happening. Um, I was still kind of like, am I doing this? You know, six or, months or ago. like allowing in the, the goodness of like, wow, I can actually get paid helping people with something I'm very passionate about. I remember when you first, because I, trust me, I have gone through that for years of like, can I allow this in? Like, is it okay to, you know, because again, especially trauma response, right? Like, who am I to enjoy life, love what I do and make money by helping people and living a, a life of freedom? So, you know, you probably know this, but there's, you know, if we look at it more from a pattern standpoint, one of the trauma responses is um, overachieving and uh, rigidity and predictability, right? Another response is to collapse and self-sabotage. You know, there's different pathways, but my pathway was more of this overachieving, you know, another certificate, another training, right? And of course you do a great video on that. And we talked about that a lot in Mastermind is that it isn't about another training or another certificate. It's that a coming together last year, it was like this, you know, cohesiveness within me of like, you have what you need right now. And if I could speak just to survivors out there, not all survivors, of course, want to be in the public eye. And of course, that completely is their right. But I feel in the trauma training that I've done and listening to inspirational people in the field that I like absolutely adore, there's a call right now happening for survivors to step into leadership roles because, you know, there's a lot of trauma experts that I follow and I learn from, and most of them are not survivors. And I love their work and I study their work and I teach their work. But when I learn from a survivor and I hear a lecture or a podcast or read a book, I have a whole stack of books from survivors, it is a completely different experience. So that's what really clicked in me this last year is that my voice, there's a space for my voice. And, you know, already some of my clients, I can already tell that they're going to be helping other survivors. I can already tell. One of them's an energy healer, another one's a t like I can already tell they're gonna translate their healing work directly into helping others. So, you know, it's it's I'm not I'm I in no way am I saying that that's like an absolute or you know that that is required. I'm just saying that the invitation is there and that the more that survivors add their lived experience to modalities, right, to healing pathways it is transforming the field of trauma recovery. I'm watching it before my eyes. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, 
This is so incredible. Yeah, it's like your voice really does it does matter. And this is this domino effect. I always, I always see it like, okay, well, when one voice is out there and you're helping people and you help others, it's like everybody's affected, you know, like there's no human on this planet that's really affecting all 8 billion people. But if we all stand up and feel empowered and, you know, understand the story of one and, you know, like, oh, I can relate to her story. And well, she was able to do this and she was able to heal this and, stand in her power, well, then I can too. And it is that, you know, really being in that, that place of sharing from inspiration and from, um, you know, this deeper level mission like this, okay, well, what, how, how am I here to give back and what can I do to help the people like me five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And this is where I'm so excited because this work you're doing is, it's so needed. And like you said, it's, um, there's there's some level of thing thankfully more and more people are talking about this but you're right like how many of them are actual survivors versus they just have it in their heads but the the conversations and the awareness and then also feeling empowered that you know we can reclaim our lives like your program is called trauma to triumph and there is a way to actually um reclaim like your birthright to a joyful happy um life of of peace and happiness and fun and excitement and it is available to everybody um and that's why your work is so important so let's close out with um i just want people to know a little bit more about where they can find you what um how they can work with you anything you have coming up that you want to share yes so my link tree amaya miller will be you know included in the notes um so on that link tree, you'll see the trauma to triumph information. It's my nine month program. Um, I have a free 45 minute breakthrough consultation link. And then, um, for my free gift, which is the top 10 self-regulation practices that is just, they're near and dear to my heart. I use them every day. Um, they're very accessible. So I have that offering. And then every other month I have a workshop series and it's called learn three principles to release shame, reclaim wholeness and empower your life. And my next workshop series is in February. So, um, and it's free and it's three Wednesdays in a row. And each Wednesday is devoted to a different foundational principles. So education, creative arts, and spiritual tools. And there's lots, I pack a lot into these workshops. So um, it's free. So I'd love for for you to join if you can. And um, yeah, my Trauma to Triumph nine-month program is one-on-one and it's a rolling, you know, so I'm, you know, I haven't had anybody end yet. So, but I'm, of course, open for enrollment with that. And then, you know, I do want to speak just a quick moment about my consulting work. So basically what that part of my business is, is that I'm passionate about co-creating trauma-sensitive spaces with organizations or teachers or coaches. And that can be anywhere from, you know, someone putting on a Zoom workshop um, because trauma-informed Zoom is just as important as physical space, Um, and also consulting with organizations that maybe have psychedelic ceremonies, retreat centers, um, yoga centers, I mean, like, sky's the limit. So I'm very passionate about that, and I have a lot of experience with that as well. So 
I just wanted to speak that Perfect. into the space. Ah. <laughs> uh. Amazing, amazing. Well, I'm so glad you were able to come on and share all about your business and your experience in the True Path Entrepreneur Group Mastermind. Maya, it was such an honor to have you here. And it was most of all, it was an honor to witness you and your expansion and your growth over the last year. It's just been so incredible. And thank you so much for trusting me and the group and the journey. And I cannot wait to see how you keep expanding over the next years and into this world because the world really needs you and your unique medicine. Oh, Beth, I, I cannot thank you enough. This would not have happened, would not have happened without True Path. Absolutely not. I mean, it, your program is a roadmap. It's, it, it gave me a map, you know, to bring the vision into form. So I will be forever grateful. Mm. So... Thank you so much. Aww, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, well, thank you so much. And we will have another episode next Tuesday. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're feeling inspired, I'd appreciate it if you showed your love with a review. And check out my YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast. You can also head to BethAWeinstein.com to learn more about me and grab my free business growth trainings. Remember, you carry your own unique medicine and your medicine is what we need for these times. <laughs>